0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to the Roy Green show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Earlier this week, when the story broke about a missile impacting Poland, because that's how the story broke, a missile impacting Poland, and in that storyline was Russian missile. When I heard Russian missile impacting Poland, my immediate reaction was viscerally, uh-oh. Here we go. Well, we know from developments now that most likely it was parts of a old Soviet missile the Ukrainians are using to try to shoot down the Russian missiles with which the Russians are destroying the Ukrainian infrastructure. Power infrastructure. Peter Katak Adams is the director of The Defense and Global Security Institute, he lectured at the UK Defense Academy for 20 years, has worked in 58 countries, and was NATO historian in Bosnia in 96-97. He's been analyzing the Ukraine conflict since 2014 and has made several recent visits to Ukraine. Peter is also the author of Victory in the West, and it's a book about the last 100 days of World War II and includes Canadian contributions in the Netherlands. Peter, thank you for, for joining us. What was your immediate response when, when you first heard the headline?
1: Well, I, I was surprised that this hadn't happened before. If you think of the amount of munitions that have been flying through the skies, um, and there are half a dozen countries that border Ukraine, um, all of which are NATO members. I was re- all but one of NATO members. I was really surprised that this hadn't sort of leaked before. Um, and... Uh, The the worry, of course, is that immediately people leap on this uh, and the whole thing escalates beyond control. And that's how wars begin. That's how big world wars have always begun. Mm
0: -hmm. It did escalate, and it escalated very quickly. And President Zelensky of Ukraine was insistent that it was a, a Russian missile. And certainly it was not difficult to believe that it could be a Russian missile, maybe fired from Belarus, who knows, but are you satisfied now that it was not a Russian missile, that it was, in fact, pieces of a, of a Ukrainian missile fired at the Russian munitions?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm almost certain that it was a, 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 an S-300, which is an old Russian kind of missile that, that they have been aiming um, at uh, the Ukrainian infrastructure. But the Ukrainians have also been using them as anti-aircraft missiles uh, and uh the, a Russian missile. If you, if you remember on on Tuesday, there were over 100 that were aimed at Ukrainian yeah. infrastructure. Yeah. Um And one of them was uh, was intercepted successfully. The bits came down to ground. And of course, when you're intercepting up there in the sky, you can't predict where they're going to land. Uh, and, and pieces fell in Poland. And, and the key fact here was not that uh, a uh, you know some kind of aerial munition had strayed over the border, but two people were killed. Yes. Uh, we've already had strays over the border into Moldova um, earlier on in the campaign of a, a, a Russian missile. Um, and we have we had one, I'm talking to you from Croatia, and we had one in March, um, which was Russian a Russian drone, which actually strayed over the border into um, Croatia. It had flown all, all the way through Hungary um, and had landed. No one was killed. Mm-hmm. But it just shows you how you, you can't, completely control these things. And the moment the, 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 you put more munitions into the sky, um, there's there's no telling where they will land. What is NATO doing, Peter, to, uh,
0: to war game, well, perhaps, have, these, yeah, these events? NATO will
1: have war game every possible um, sort of permutation. Um, and I think one of the reasons why... this escalated only in terms of a war of words is that it's been expected for a long time that something like this would would happen. Um, And so, you know, this is where you need um, cool heads, even if the heart is hot. Uh, And the first thing you need to do is is ascertain actually just whose it is. And that isn't always easy to do. Um, But but the brakes were put on any kind of uh, action, um, And it was pretty soon obvious that it wasn't a deliberate Russian act. But, I mean, who, whoever's part came to land in Poland and, and, and killed two poor Poles, it's it still, you know, deep down, this wouldn't have happened had Russia not initiated the attack. Exactly. So let me come back to something you said and
0: just maybe expand on it. And I don't want to turn this into a Hollywood movie scene. But what are the chances that an incident like this one, in the middle of a long weekend... With key decision makers maybe not in their seats, maybe a little difficult to to reach. What are the chances it could lead to the wrong decision being taken by one side or the other, and all Hades breaks loose?
1: Well, I've been I've been lecturing about this since 2014. I, I'd sort of foresaw the way things might turn out, uh, and of course, this is everybody's sort of worst nightmare. But NATO's got so many uh, sort of layers built in to anticipate this kind of thing. So there's, there's never all the, the, the key decision-makers uh, away. Um, you, you war game every possible permutation and you pull out the plans from the safe and, and, and work your way through them. Um, so, I mean, it is, it, it's always a nightmare. Um, but this is also why we have a hotline and we know that the Russians uh, have been talking to both um, uh, London uh, and uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, on a sort of irregular basis um, and that hotline came in after the Cuban Missile Crisis, which is the sort of first similar thing in, 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 in modern times. So there's always the ability to pick up the phone and say, you know, was this you or not? Because we don't, we really don't want things to go any further. So, I mean, my message has always been one of calm. We are not on the, the um, edge of nuclear catastrophe. We're not on the edge of World War III. Um, if we play it carefully and sensibly uh, and, you know, actually... The events of Tuesday night Wednesday was a textbook example of how these sort of things can be contained because the worst nightmare is that this leaks over the border into another country and and as you say things get carried away
0: yeah so what is your view and what do you think NATO's view is of the performance of the Russian military and keeping in mind that there's one man in charge at this point and it's Putin and how stable he is God only knows
1: We all agree that the the Russian military um, has performed absolutely abysmally and seems to be reinforcing failure, um, both in the the casualties that they've inflicted on their own side, the the huge quantities of hardware that they've lost um, in campaigning ever since February. Um, But there are large chunks of the Russian military that haven't been engaged at all. There's none of the strategic um, uh, missile forces. Um, There's uh, none of the modern aircraft really have have, uh, have been over Ukraine. Um, Their most modern tanks haven't deployed. Um, And there is more of the the Russian military engaged in suppression of internal dissent with very good equipment than there is in Ukraine. And that's always been the way. So so it's a tiny proportion of uniformed Russians equipped with modern weaponry that are actually in Ukraine. Um, But given that, they they haven't performed very well. And the odd thing is that over this sort of span of time, we've got 265, nearly 270 days, you would have thought the system would have learned and Mm self-corrected. And that hasn't happened. And that hasn't happened because the man at the top, Vladimir Putin, is just completely mistrusting his own generals. Uh, And that's where you get into a really difficult bunker mentality, which is exactly what he's got. The adult Hitler had in 1945.
0: So understanding uh, your understanding of NATO, your, your years of experience with the organization, with the alliance, and and your understanding of international politics, geopolitics, how do you see this this entire war, this conflict ending?
1: It's completely and totally tied to one man's ambition, Vladimir Putin. He's not going to let go. So this will carry on for as long as he's in power in my view. Um, and so that sort of puts in mind, so that, that puts the onus on the Russians, whether it's interested parties, whether it's elites, whether it's oligarchs, whether it's um, the military or some other um, part of the um, the Russian hierarchy to intervene and, 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 and do something. Um, Ukraine just has to hold on. Um, and in order for Ukraine to hold on, that means western support so we have to carry on supporting and probably up the ante more missiles more ammunition and more moral support we can't let that go
0: if you want to hear more subscribe to the roy green show on apple podcasts google podcasts spotify stitcher or wherever you find your favorites and if you like what you hear leave us a review and tell a friend i'm roy green have a great weekend